0: Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke on Trent in the UK. Joining me today is Carl Havens in Gainesville, Florida. Hello, Carl. Good morning, Simon. And
1: um, today I have the honor of introducing the famous Johnny Sisson from Chicago, Illinois. And if you go into Central Camera and buy a lens, you can have it signed by Johnny or he'll sign. A t-shirt or a piece of paper or write his name on your hand. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Dr. Havens, for that introduction.
2: (laughs)
0: Good morning from Chicago. (laughs) Well, it's it's great to have you here as always, Johnny. Um, Thank Thank you very much. That's it. Well... This is the final show of twenty eighteen, uh, and seeing that we're actually recording it on uh, New Year's Eve, that, that's pretty much a given, really. Um, but I want to say thank you to all those people that uh, are still listening to us. Um, some of you have been listening to us for a whole year, um, so uh, for, so thank you to those people, and thank you to the people that uh, um, still tune in every week. Um, and. Episode 49, it's it's an odd number to say this, but this is actually uh, our full number of podcasts for 2018 uh, because we we missed three. So uh, next week's episode, episode 50, um, or episode 50 millimetre almost, uh, will be our first anniversary uh, podcast. So we're looking forward to that one. And I'll say a little bit more about that uh, later in the show. Um, But anyway, let's go back on to this week. Um, some keen members of our Facebook group, Photography with Classic Lenses, uh, will have noticed that Carl made a post about 100mm lenses and uh, and some of you may have guessed that is pretty much what we're going to be talking about this week. Um, there is a small caveat though, um, because we are also joined by a guest so uh, we will be largely talking about 100 millimeter lenses, but it could go absolutely anywhere. So um, that's, that's the intention, at least anyway. So uh, I want to say I'm delighted uh, to welcome from the Bay Area of California, and he's got up very early for us. Uh, well, it's this morning over there. It's afternoon over here in the UK. Um, but we have with us uh, Classic Lenses user Brian Nagar. Hello, Brian. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And happy New Year. Oh boy, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's good that you actually sound very awake at this time of the day for you as well. So um... oh,
3: I'm acting very good right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think we'll we'll pretty much go straight into this. Um, we won't immediately talk about hundred mm lenses because I think it's best if we find out a bit about. Bit about, more about yourself, Brian, uh, and uh, how you got here, um, your your photographic life, and all things that um, are related to that, Brian. Yeah, so
3: I started uh, not too long ago in photography. So I'd, I'd say it was March, March of twenty sixteen, and like to fast forward to not even it's not it's going to be three years soon. Come this coming March but yeah like I started uh, with a cheapy camera with a point and shoot almost but I was looking for an upgrade and I was like searching eBay and I was hinged between you know a a Canon was it a Canon T3i with a kit lens on it or I was like huh what is this Sony A3000 with a Konica 51.8 on it I was like oh they were both the same price and you know, I like manual focus a little bit better, so I picked that. So, weren't, weren't for my decision to like a smooth focusing ring, I would have never probably used the classic lenses at all. And let alone if I used DSLR of some sort, I wouldn't have to be, I wouldn't be able to use, I don't know, the 120 lenses on my table right now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, it's like fast forward and then, well, here I am just wasting away at photography
0: so um, that that was interesting So right right from the from the get-go um you, uh, you i mean when you say you, you saw this i mean is this something that was physically in front of you this uh a3000 and uh and this manual focus lens or is it something you saw on ebay or some craigslist or something like that it was <clears throat> pardon that it was an
3: ebay deal so i saw I was looking for sub $300 camera kits and, you know, the T3i came up at the time. And then I saw this used listing for this A3000. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know Sony made cameras at the time, but uh, yeah, I was like, Hmm, it came with, uh, what did it come with at the time? It came with the Konica 51.8, the Tokina made version. And it came with, uh the 80 to 200 4.5 zoom so i was like huh came with two lenses i didn't really care about autofocus anyway and i was like screw it buy it it was slightly cheaper and it came with a whole bunch of accessories so i was like yeah it might be good enough for now because the canon was like a brand new one and it didn't have anything
0: right so so when you actually got that 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 camera in your hands then and you i mean has has that has that camera got an evf on it was it just an lcd on the back of it
3: it's uh, It has an EVF, but it is, oh boy, if anyone decided to look for that <laughs> camera, it is the worst EVF in the absolute world. Johnny might know about it, but yeah, oh my god. I know it. Like, the LCD screen and the EVF is absolute garbage. Like, wow. Like, oh my god. But, <laughs> but the grip on it is so good. I love the grip on it. It is very good ergonomics, way better than any other, you know, mirrorless Sony, but man, it... Oh, oh no, don't get me started on that. Thing. <laughs> but that's what I had to start with and you don't start from the bottom now
0: we are here kind of deal. So, in between that that day which was did you say it was about uh, was it 2 years ago was that? Yeah, 2 years ago in March 2016. All right, so, you went from two to pretty ordinary lenses to 120 lenses on your table at the moment. So, yeah. how how did, how did that happen?
3: Oh man. Like I, I had the I had the illusion of getting cheap stuff. I was like, well I kind of set up the A three thousand like immediately to optimize for manual focusing. So it does have like focus peaking. It does have like the uh the the zoom magnification. I was like, hmm, if I can get away with this and I did, you know, pretty good. I wasn't getting like action photos or anything. I was just doing uh snapshots. So I was like no, I'm just gonna go on eBay. Let's see what's up, and then you know, I just research and research, just a bunch of reading, you know, on on what to get. And you know, fortunately, I I knew that third-party zooms, <coughs> you know, were not good, so I kind of stayed away from those for a while. So I don't have like a massive collection of you know, like weird zoom lenses like the Access or ProMaster Albinar stuff. But it was mostly. It was mostly amassing uh, lenses from the Konica system. So I think what I did at the beginning was I gravitated towards the lenses, the lens system that I had currently. So it was a uh, Konica stuff. And I the kit that I bought had a Minolta MD adapter on it. So I kind of also looked for lenses that came with that system. And so I think my first lens purchase after the camera was the konica 135 35 and then shortly thereafter i bought the 57 1.4 and like at the time like these lenses are marginally cheaper than they were like i'd give it you know five to ten dollars on average you know but they're they're a little bit higher now so and you know fast forward you know oh my god another 99 plus lenses it's like well still still buying stuff so
0: I've, an end. I've I've seen some of the pictures of your of your lenses and uh, and your and your conical conical collection. And actually, you've actually remember the uh, there's a Facebook group uh, dedicated to conical lens collectors. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I've seen seen some of the things that you've got on there. Um, I mean, have you counted how many conical lenses you have?
3: I have. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know. What is it? It's eighteen or nineteen conical lenses, inc- not including the teleconverter that
0: I have. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's somewhere t- over there. it's 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 something in itself because Conica uh, is a range of lenses as is, re- is relatively small compared to you know the the the, the big guys like Canon and Nikon and uh, and even, even people like uh, Olympus and Pentax and uh, people like that. I mean, it's uh, but again, it's like a lot of a lot of um uh, collectors and users um con- conica users have got there's a very very strong following for conica lenses and uh, we don't really talk uh, very often about about conica lenses is there anything in particular or is it just literally that's what you started with and that's that's what you that's what you ran with or is there something more about conica lenses that you like
3: uh, no, it was actually the former. I started with Konica because I, kinda, I have these adapters already. I kind of don't want to buy anything else right now, at the time. Uh, but yeah, it was. I started using it. I was like, oh, I'll just get more more Konica lenses. Uh, I'm trying to think what I got after the 57 1.4. I think I picked up the 85 1.8 for a song, like like users or listeners when they listen to this, like wouldn't believe me if I, if I said I got the conica 85 1.8 for 60 bucks, but you know, <laughs> they'd probably want to punch me in the face at that point. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, like, yeah, uh, I started with that. And then, you know, I, I kind of rolled into Minolta stuff after that. Cause like I had this adapter lying around. I might as well start looking for, you know, lenses that use that system. And I picked up the 58 1.4, you know, after I got those two. So yeah, it was, um, Iconica lenses are pretty underrated, you know, with the short flange distance, so like no DSLRs can use them almost for the most part, you know, but uh, it's just, yeah, they don't have like the really big aperture lenses like Canon or Nikon or any yeah. other company have. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, well, perhaps you want to tell us a little bit more about the type of photography that you do, because um, there's there, certainly, there are a couple of uh, themes that, I I pick up when I, when I see your photographs on the, whether it be on Facebook or uh, you put them on, on, onto Flickr. Uh,
3: I kind of, I'm not really, I wouldn't say I specialize in anything, but I do, I do a lot. So I do a lot of landscapes when I can. I do a lot of environmental flower photos when I can, but most of the time it's a, it's cosplay photos. So it's, you know individuals dressed up in costume you know whether it be like a comic book or tv show or something like that like most most of my portraiture-esque photos are going to be of that but i do i do a lot of street too like a lot of still life lifestyle kind of deal not too much like street photography shoot from the hip f8 and be there but i, I try to do that you know once in a while it's just my my area is not too good for getting those kind of shots. At least I don't have the eye for it just yet. Still training that. Yeah, a- I do. I do pretty much everything, but not a master of anything.
0: Well, the the the, the cosplay shots of um, that I'm just looking at at the moment, the ones you have on um, on Flickr, um, mm-hmm. there's there's a consistency there in that you you appear to be uh, a wide open shooter um, whenever you can.
3: Um, yeah
0: yeah this there are plenty of bokeh balls in the uh, in the uh in the distance or uh, you you isolate your subject there so is is that is that very typical of the way you like to shoot
3: uh it is most of the time like the background suits the or i try to find the background that suits shooting wide open if it doesn't then you know stopping down doesn't hurt but most of the time, if I'm shooting at the distance, like, I like to do environmental-type stuff. So I'm shooting wide open. I want that extra shallow, you know, slightly shallower depth of field. And if I stop down to, like, say, F2 or F2.8, and then I can I can get, you know, just a slight edge and a shallow depth of field there. Uh, most of the time, it wouldn't be, like, you know, like a generic headshot of some sort. But it'd be, like, you know, I'd want to immerse the subject and, you know, the location that they're in, you know, because you want to use that place that you picked, you know, rather than just like do a wash of color behind it. Like some portrait photographers do. So
0: yeah. Try yeah. to make use of the background no environment. That, no, that makes sense. The other, <clears throat> excuse me, the other notable uh, feature, because uh, I always know the your shots for one, if it's cosplay, uh, because I don't follow anybody else that does cosplay. <laughs> um, but the uh the the other one and sometimes these get combined with the cosplay shots but um, but others with the uh like the the environmental stuff that you do um as you uh, are a big fan of shooting directly into strong light
3: oh yeah oh yeah flares flares are kind of my they've become my signature after a while uh after I moved to full frame not too long ago like, I was able to take advantage of a lot of the flares because most of the, like, how do you call it, the lens reflections, like those balls, the star balls of flare that show up in the corner of a, of your sensor or in a photograph, like, they don't really sh- show up in a crop sensor too much. They, like, a good cut off of it will show off, but not really, like, the whole ball. But once I moved to full frame, like, shooting with a strong light, it's, you know, it's pretty much, like, something I've picked up on in my in my style. Um, but yeah, it was like, it's it's really easy with the mirrorless to be able to expose for you know flare shot in the background. You get to see what the flare looks like in camera. It's like, well, might as well do it. And I kind of you know integrate it into my photo workflow. So if I if I don't get it, then you know it's fine fine by me, kind of kind of deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I I, re- I I enjoy that kind of shooting myself. Um, in fact, it's 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 almost like my default position if i'm actually out out somewhere and i just want to just take a shot you know uh, see what it looks like into the sunlight it's something that uh, uh i enjoy and i certainly enjoying your shots
3: yeah um, i think if i if i were to add like with flare shots using an old lens like you will get different flares and it kind of it kind of drew me into doing more flare shots every every lens that i had like when i started doing these flare shots like this I only had maybe about forty or fifty lenses at this point, but that's still a lot. But like every different lens I use, it, it would produce a different flare. And I was like, "Well, this looks pretty cool. What if I use this one?" Kind of deal. I was like, "I would, I would switch between, you know, different lenses for you know different you know character of flare." And it kind of drew me into just you know trying to get a flare shot because I wanted to see what a flare would look like, you know, in this position or what if the flare came through like. A a tree or like a small hole and how would the 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 point of light would affect you know what the flare would look like going through the lens kind of deal like there's a lot of small parameters that go into you know wanting to do a flare shot as opposed to using a modern lens you're going to get just the smooth ball of light you know there's not really any big star or you know this halo or rainbow effect that you'd get in a lot of classic lenses you don't get that in like a modern
0: yeah modern lens the modern stuff you tend to get this this of purple knocking around somewhere don't you That doesn't seem to have any real place in the shot
3: yeah you can you can get it in some modern lenses like the two rokinons that i have that i just picked up recently kind of really have to work at trying to get like a really good quote character flare out of it but they have to be at the edge of the frame and then you know the light has to be just fine. The background has to be good. I mean, if you're just trying to go for a flare shot, it'll be distracting. So, yeah. it's it's for the modern lenses, it's possible to set up, but you kind of have to work for it, and you know, visualize what shot you want to do using that flare in the background that you're in, in the setting that you're in. So it's a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, on the fly composing and pre pre pro composing kind of deal. So but, yeah,
0: what what of your say your well, what are your go to top flare producing lenses? Oh
3: that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Hmm. <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Well, right uh right off the bat, the, the Miticon, the fifty zero point nine five, that one is nuts. Like users in the group in the Facebook group would see some of the flare shots I've got with that with a flash and in the sun, it, it gets pretty gnarly, but if you can get it just right, you know, they can, well, to each their own, the The shot can look good and might work with it. But most of the time it's like, like you're, if you're say just doing a, a walkabout, you know, photo walk and, you know, you just want to get this, you just want to get a, a scene, but then like there's this flare coming out of nowhere and you don't know where the source of light is coming from and you're shooting wide open with an ND filter or something. And, like you'll just see this flare and there's like where is this flare coming from? And it's like, oh well, well the lens is just flaring anyway, kind of deal. But it it oh man, that's like one of them as far as top flaring lenses that I have. Um and then let's see, a classic lens. Let's see. The the Steinheil, the the auto keenon fifty five one point nine produces a very beautiful blue flare from the transmission coating. That one is really nice, but I wouldn't recommend trying to go out and find and trying to buy that lens because it's more—it's more of a collector's item
0: than, than something well, you'd
3: want to use every day. Well, I've—I've
0: I've been trying to buy one for about three years.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> yeah, it's—it's no. yeah, uh, it's just one of those lenses that yeah, when it does pop up, it usually goes goes for way too much money, and uh, yeah. And uh, in- increasingly more people are known about it. And now uh, this podcast is not going to help either. <laughs> saying, yeah, now yeah.
3: that I mention that, I shouldn't say any more and, you know, drive the prices up so that way I
0: can buy all of them. <laughs> I, I, I think what we'll do whenever you mention something like this, we'll just bleep the actual name of the lens out and let people just use their imagination. We don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's
3: like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm using the beep 51.2. And <laughs> it's like, oh, what did he say? Oh, man.
2: Well, I'm, just,
0: yeah, uh, I'm just looking at a shot actually on on your on, on Flickr and uh, and it's one of your uh, it is one of the flower shots there, and um, and it's taken with the, and I've never seen a shot like this actually with this particular lens. I didn't even know it did it, um, but it's uh, with the uh, the Vivitar ninety uh, mil two point five, or as as many people call it, the Burkina by uh, Tokina. Oh yeah, I never realised that flared, um, but yeah, there's some amazing flare on this shot. I'm looking it at. is like when i discovered that i was like really
3: that i haven't seen any photos with this coming from this lens i don't know if it's just my copy like so listeners of this podcast i encourage you if you have that lens or it's token sister to so go out and shoot into the sun but yeah when, when i when i saw that i was like whoa this is something i can use and like it It produces, it has like a Corona effect, but it goes off frame and it has this, it has these uh, orange balls from the single coating inside the lens. Uh, It produces like something stellar. And then when you're shooting, when the, when the point of light is closer to the middle of the, of the, of the frame, it just creates this, you know, bright, you know, smooth ball. It's not like a hard, it doesn't like, there's not a starburst flare it's just like a big smooth ball of you know light, but yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool piece of glass to flare with. Like, well, now the price of that lens is gonna go up even more. Now that we said
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I think that one's pretty established as a high, as a high price lens. Um, yeah. and well, it's uh, not that expensive though.
3: Mm, it's not that <laughs> It's not
0: crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: not. It's it's not like the Tokina ninety two point five, but it's it's marching along. It's yeah. marching
0: along. It's gonna get there. Well, one, one last uh, flare shot before we, we we start to go back to where we, we were meant to talk about, and that's uh, I'm just looking at a shot that you have here that's taken with a Canon FD 35mm uh, f2, and then you've and then there's got the uh, the word concave. Uh, immediately after it, so um, that 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 always gets my attention. Any kind of concave front element lens is, is got to be worth talking about, whether it be this or or, or an Ultron. Um, and the shot I'm looking at, it's just of a uh, a weed I think just coming out out of the ground, and the, the light shining directly uh, in into the camera, at the uh, probably at eight tenths at the top of the uh, of, of the image. And uh, there's this you've got your circular flare, and you've also got um, it looks like. Flare is raining down on the uh, on the plant like water almost, um, but uh, that's a that's a lens that doesn't doesn't crop up very often. Is that uh, is that one of your favorites there, or is it uh, just a just a flare lens for you or, or whatever?
3: Oh uh, well, I just got the lens not too long ago. I do need to uh, have it serviced. I did service it already you know, a couple of times, but uh, it needs a new it needs new grease in the focus ring. But uh, apart from that it's it's really sharp like a lot of the forum posts I've seen about it you know across the the years I've been just reading about stuff like I knew this lens was pretty darn sharp and it, it really is like, across the frame it's pretty consistent um it's when you start getting to like closer distances you might run into to like corner softness or edge center edge softness but for the most part it's it's really sharp in the middle. Like you, I wouldn't hesitate on, you know, getting even just the regular, non-concave version, uh, and shooting it for landscapes or street. It's 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 really sharp at f two. I'd I'd pin it. You know, maybe sharper than one of Carl's favorites, the Nikon thirty five two. So I don't know. Firing some shots here. I think <laughs> 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 it, it is pretty sharp wide open. Been, like if you're doing if you're doing a like contextual flower bokeh shots then I wouldn't I wouldn't skip on it if you can get it for a good price. The copy that I got uh, was pretty beat up. Like there's a there's a good sizable chip on the front element, but photos don't show it, so you probably wouldn't have known that if like if I didn't say that. Yeah. So,
0: well, fa- famously Carl's, uh favorite um, Helios 103 is uh, is is missing a piece of glass in the front of it isn't it, Carl? <laughs> oh carl's muted he's probably talking to us at the moment but um <laughs> yeah but he it, but it is. it is i mean he's, he's had numerous uh, versions of that lens and that's the only one that actually does any good for him so okay uh, sorry no i'm here no um right I've had, I've had
1: multiple copies of the front element of the one that's a good one has a crack in it and that's how i'm able to tell that it's the one that i want to use oh um <laughs> No I wanted to ask you something um because I was looking at your Flickr album, and um I'm on the page that has the photos of the clown on the bridge, and okay, um, yeah those are kind of cool because they look they're they're shot at night and um I never thought about using a flash at night, so the background's already black, so you don't have to do like a high powered flash to make the background go away. Did you just do a low low powered fill flash
3: uh, that yeah. was actually with uh... A high-powered flashlight going through a parabolic umbrella for some of the ones. Ah. Software, yeah, I use a, I used just a flashlight going through ah. the umbrella, and then a lot of the shots that you see on the bridge, they were just using the uh, the street light. So just using whatever I had, you know, at my disposal, and it worked with the subject. So with Pennywise, uh-huh. it's kind of a, you want that really eerie, moody feel, and uh-huh. the light provided it real well.
1: And the guy with the red hat too.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, my friend, my friend David. Shout-outs to David. <laughs>
1: yeah, those are cool. I was thinking I when we start start started this time morning to, that we're that's talking, we were going to talk about 100mm lenses. And for all of the years that we had uh, micro four-thirds cameras and shot 50mm lenses, we <laughs> were experiencing 100mm um, focal length and really liking it a lot. And then um, I was thinking it's really odd now that... And now I have a full frame camera, and it's still like fifty millimeter lenses the most. What the f- is with the deal? I mean, what is the deal with that? It's, <laughs> it doesn't make any
3: sense. Uh, you got, I think you got used to that crop factor. It's like oh, I'll just stand, you know, farther away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think this probably brings us quite quite neatly onto hundred millimeter lenses, um, one one way or another. Certainly, fifty mm uh, on Micro Four Thirds has got that uh, that angle of view. Um, it's it's an interesting focal length, I think, hundred uh, uh, millimeter, because <laughs> um, stating the obvious, it's between uh, eighty five and one three five, uh, being the um, two obvious standards of lenses there. So it sort of fits in in, in the middle, um, and. I'm, I sometimes wonder what the actual main purpose of it is uh, because you know 85s are uh, standard portrait lenses and uh, 135s are um, it's a longer length and you you tend to either uh, get a much more of a close-up on the face or you stand further back Um, and the 100mm is that that little there's that in in betweeny amount and it's a a focal length I've, I've I really like, like Carl, I used to really enjoy 100mm lenses on Micro Four Thirds. And then I continued to enjoy 50mm lenses when I went to full frame. And I I was expecting to really enjoy using 100mm lenses in the same way on full frame, but it never quite happened for me um so i'm I'm not entirely sure what the 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 main purpose is because sometimes they also they can be sharper than the 85s and uh although there are plenty of them out there they're Mm. actually quite quite soft um so yeah it's a it's a funny focal length for me but and but when we um When we first started doing these podcasts, uh we were doing a lot of podcasts with uh about certain focal lengths or a certain type of lens and that was when you 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 dropped me a line to say whenever you do hundred millimeter siren, I want to be part of that and uh <laughs> and I remembered that and that 's the reason why you' why why you 're here um and i I know that it's a it 's a focal length that's um you you use you enjoy. And you have a few interesting, um, uh, hundred millimeter lenses. So, um, do you want to tell us about your, your, your favorite hundred millimeter lenses and what you'd like to use them for and, uh, and why?
3: Uh, yeah, like the, the hundred mil, hundred ish mil, like I have, I have a lot, but like my go to, which is also currently my favorite lens. To use that the Nikkor one hundred five one point eight, like that one, that one renders a lot differently than if you had to if you compared it to a one hundred five two five. Like wide open, it, it I don't know something about it. If you get the if you get like a if you get the distance between your subject and the background, you know, you know, you know, to each their own, just right. Like it, it renders you know the fall off of of the out of focus fall off is just. It just creams away. It's it, it can produce a, a, a painterly three D effect, uh, but uh, the like where you take the photo and how far your subject is wide open. You know, you kind of have to set it up just right. Uh, but that one, it it's sharp, but it has enough. I don't know. It's not too sharp. It's not as sharp as the one o five two five wide open, but it's it's good for. For doing portraits or cosplay or pictures of people, and if you just stop down to you know the quote two point five marker on it, and then you know you're going to be on par with the two five in sharpness. So it's it's one of those it's a it's a lens. It's hard to describe the character that it that it gives. As much as I tried doing it right now, it you kind of have to use it to to get to know it and to know why you know it's it's such a legendary lens for Nikon users and then then after that you know yeah I have the 100 F2 from Minolta the 1025 from Minolta you know other lenses I like which I I did a shoot with on Saturday you know to see how it feels but if I, if I were to compare the their shots between that and something I've used the 105 1.8 on it's just there's something different about it about the one of five one point eight, I can't put my so word the, on it.
0: the 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 one point eight there is that an a, is that an AIS lens you have?
3: It is an AIS. They Nikon did make a just a regular AI version, but for a very very short period of time, and then everything after that was uh, using the AIS tab.
0: I mean, it's it's certainly a lens that we don't we don't see the results of it that often we do occasionally pictures do crop up and in our, in our Facebook group but it's certainly by no means a common lens. And of course, one of the reasons for that is, well, two reasons. One, there aren't as many of them and two, they're f- quite a fair bit more expensive uh, to buy than say the 2.5s.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The 105, 1. 1.8, it, it's a special lens. Like if you do the math on it, you know, just mathematically it does as much, the amount of blur it produces is as much as an 85, 1.4. But uh, like the way it's 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 something. The 105 1.8 is it is special, and the price that you have you get it for on average, you know, kind of reflects it, but not as much as say like, you know, some Nikon lenses out there like the 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 58 1.2 or the 1828. Well, the 1828 ED kind of the same same ballpark, but yeah.
0: Well. Staying with, the, with, with Nikon and, uh, and 105s, uh, when we were having our, our chat um, earlier on in the week, um, we were talking about a lens that at that point I'd just, I'd just ordered uh, on eBay. And uh, that was a, uh, an early uh, 105 25 uh, lens. And um, you, you then sent me the link to check out the, the serial numbers. And uh, mm-hmm. because one of the first things you said on that, was, because I said like it's an early one, and you said, and then you go to me, oh, and 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 you, and I already said that it wasn't one of the uh, an LTM lens, it's a Nikon F lens, and uh, and the, and the first thing you said was, uh, oh, you got one with nine blades, and I was thinking nine blades, I I, I had no idea they even did an F mount with, with with nine blades, so that that was something that. Uh, um, had me scurrying for this link that you sent me to see if it, if it actually got a nine blade one, and then, and unfortunately uh, I got a, a late early one. If that make, if that makes any kind of sense, and uh, yeah. with with just the six blades, which I knew it's got six blades, yeah, I was expecting that, but uh, but then you, but immediately having you told me that yeah there was a nine blade version, I immediately was I a lot losing interest in the lens before you even arrived. <laughs>
3: Yeah, when you when you said like early F mount, I was like, oh, does he? Hmm. I got a little excited. I was like, hmm, did you get the nine blade version? I was like, hmm, oh boy, that, that would have been a good find if you got that for 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 a good deal. But yeah, like the nine bladed 105.25s that go the very early F mount, uh, to I think serial number one twenty seven somewhere under there. You have to look on the on the yeah. list again. But uh, it. Not too, not too long did they make those uh, nine-bladed ones, because they were still transitioning from doing range finder stuff to uh, mm. to uh, the D- the SLR stuff. And you know, they had the tooling at the factory, and it was like, well, the no change in production, stay to keep the price the same while we develop. Uh, a new construction method for the aperture, I guess, kind of
0: deal. Yeah, well, I want to bring Johnny in if I, if if I can, and uh, because uh, we're talking about early uh, one hundred five 2.5s. Uh, Johnny in particular is as a fan. I don't know. I'm not sure if you actually got one, uh, Johnny, but I know that you'd like one the uh, the <laughs> yeah. LTM version.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I, um, that yeah, the one hundred five two point five sonar nine blade was the the nikon lens i was always looking for i still don't own a single nikon uh f camera or lens um but that 105 was the one i was always after and i know that you guys all kind of flipped out on that on that lens and everybody bought one for a while there but none of you have i don't think that nine blade version and that that was the one i was specifically after but they're like hen's teeth so i just kind of gave up and then i realized i didn't want it anyway i wanted the uh, screw mount, you know, I wanted a rangefinder version if I was going to get it. Um, so I, I, I've i never actually picked one up. And then I realized, well, I'm never really going to use it anyway because I, 105 is kind of long to use on a film rangefinder. Um, so it would be something I'd adapt to digital, which I just don't do anymore. So, um, So I don't know. Maybe someday I will grab one of those uh, just to screw around with. I mean, it'll be. I could, I, I could adapt it to a couple of my other film 35s. So um, I I would like to still maybe track one down at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting lens. I think, especially like you were just describing, Brian. It's like a kind of a carryover from um, uh, from the rangefinder uh, Nikon days, and the 105 was the lens that kind of Famously, they really made their own, Um, you know, other 105 was actually one of the first, uh, the 105, it's called the Mountain Elmar. It's a 105.63 Mountain Elmar is like one of those legendary early uh, Leica lenses that people are after. And they, I mean, they turn up at auction every once in a while and it's a really cool lens, but um and it was one of the very early telephotos for you know the like a screw mount stuff but it was not a focal length that 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 Leica really made their own so that was one of the first lenses that Nikon really made their name with after the second world war so it's an interesting i mean so 105 is interesting to begin with to me um it's it's to me it's an interesting focal length just kind of in general because i think 135 is too long 85 is kind of too special and expensive <laughs> and difficult to work with. And I, I feel like 10 100 and 105 has you know there are a lot of advantages there. Um and I've I've definitely got many of them. I don't use them as often as I should, but they they the ones I have are pretty much the favorite lenses I have, you know, in my collection. Um so yeah it's I think it's a great it's a great focal length.
1: It's interesting if you if you took one and stuck it an on your Fuji, and just went for a walk in the city. Um, at first, it would seem awkward, but then um, you see things from a really different perspective than what you're used to with your wide lenses. And you, and you might find that you get some really cool shots that you that thought of before.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've um, actually I uh, the last time I really used one extensively. Well, I also have the was it I can't remember if it's 100 or 105, but the Takamar um yeah which i yeah and i've used that on my pen f t half frame camera, mm-hmm. so you know on that camera it's more like what a one fifty which is kind of long but it it gives it's a really nice lens um and it's it is it is definitely an interesting focal length um but i like it you know as a one hundred also is a great focal length i just i find it easier to deal with an eighty five um yeah. sure so
0: well, we've we've got somebody on this this podcast that's got uh, one hundred and five two point five LTM, haven't we, uh, Brian? Uh yeah. Do we do we have someone on this podcast? Oh, I'm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Unscrew the lens cap. Um, yep, that's a ten point five centimeter. <laughs> <laughs> Nick or PC
2: two point five on it. Yeah, that's the one. That's that's a great that's a great lens. That's the that's the that's the one I was talking about that Nikon really kind of
3: you know yeah, made put them on the map kind of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This one has 10 blades in it. 2 3 5 6 7 8 9 10. Yeah. So there's there's that. Yeah. I I really like it. The if I were talk talk about this lens and oh man. man the the flares on it are kind of kind of special if you get it just right we had the 105.25 nikkor pc just as sharp as its you know even latest predecessor uh, successor, the, mm. the double goss mm. version 105.25 so over the man how many years did they make that how many how many decades did they make this yeah. one since yeah. the earliest one all the way to the last one just as sharp
0: what yep. a beauty I think it's it's also worth worth pointing out that it's it's only the the sonar version that is uh, that that makes you cool as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want the if you want that cool factor, it's like, yeah, check out the rear element on this. It's it's smaller than the one on that you have. I think, oh man! <laughs> um,
0: well, I think it, I think it's well well established that the, uh, the 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 later version is only good for uh, taking pictures of Afghan girls with uh, with blue eyes. Although, other than that, it's pretty much not worth bothering with. And the best rendering, of course, is with the uh, with 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 the sono. Um Now, you just said something that you've actually answered the question that, that I was going to put to you, and I didn't know if you knew the answer or not. Um, and that is whether or not the uh the early uh, F mount and well the the, the, the pre um pre AI sonar lenses, whether they were effectively uh optically the same as the LTM or whether there was a, a, a difference. And you've you've mentioned there that the, the rear optic on your LTM is, is smaller. Is it did I did I hear that correctly?
3: Uh it's about the same size as you'd find it on an early F mount. Ah, so, I, so I haven't measured it specifically, but it, you know, eyeballing it right now, it does look like it's the absolute same. So. Yeah. But put a, put a caliper to it and see if it's the same, same well, diameter.
0: Well, my, my logic in, in this moment is that because it's a, a telephoto lens, therefore, uh, usually the construction of the optics is such that the, the rear optic is further away um, from, the, um, from the film plane. Which could mean that uh, it could actually work with the same optical design, uh, even though the the Nikon F has got a long, a longer flange distance with it being a DSLR, a uh, an SLR, um, and with the longest flange, almost the longest flange out there as well. So, in the- my my theory is working that they could actually be optically the same.
3: Yeah, they could be. I know with the early F mount, like the rear element, uh, it protr- it protrudes slightly. Or it's pretty much almost right there with the mount, and then I'm looking at the the rear element on the like a thread mount version. It is inside the uh, yeah, it is inside the mount. so by a good I want to say like twelve millimeters, so it's it's a pretty sizable distance from the element to the last thread on the mount
1: mm. Simon, you know there's one on eBay in the u k for sale right now. If you oh. wanted to snap one up, yeah, three hundred and twenty-five. What do you say,
0: quid? Three hundred twenty-five quid. We say we say pounds, pounds sterling. Um, <laughs> at, uh, now, well, I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to uh, use uh, Brian to justify um, the potential of that I don't really need this LTM lens because my my old. Um, f-mount lenses just the same lens in a different body um but with six blades oh i, I can't convince myself there yeah you know, i mean that's 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 the for me that's like the the biggest problem with that with that lens apart from the focus ring turning the wrong direction um which is
3: oh um, oh. Oh, oh i wonder how many people he just made enemies right now Oh well <laughs> I,
0: I say it almost every week so uh, <laughs> no
2: he's there's a whole cult of weirdos that can't wrap their head around the fact that the freaking <laughs> In turns the other way
0: this
1: just, just don't oh, think no. about it It's fine
0: It's <laughs> what, Nikon and Olympus no, 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 Olymp- Olympus do it right um although i think on the pen lenses i think they go the wrong way on the pens i think um but uh no pentax um oh yeah yeah it's uh, Chinon, they go the wrong way as well uh, lots of sigma lenses used to go the wrong way um I, t- <laughs> I tell you what really winds me up on 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 this and that's the um the folks in helicoids because they're all based off the Pentax focusing helicoid. they all go the wrong way as well so I, I could be using a lens that goes the right way but I've and then, and then it makes me go the wrong way when I want to just do the fine focusing But uh, <laughs> so Simon I, I want to get back on this So in the same
1: spirit as um, our idea to get Cheyenne and Phil together because they live in the same country which is a <laughs> continent not a country um, this guy lives in the United Kingdom you could just walk over and try the lens <laughs> Uh, where, yeah. where is where is where is
0: Penzance? B e n z a n c e. It
1: can't be that far away, right? the from, from, UK
0: is small, right? Yeah, well, as far as being in England, it's about as far as away from my house as you can pretty much get. Um, yeah, you know, if you know, if you were to include Scotland in the equation for the, in Great Britain, then yes, there are places that are further away then. But uh, no, I, I that's about as far as I can drive in in England. Um, <laughs> to be there so not not quite no and uh it's too much it's too much anyway plus I've got a I've got a perfectly good uh f-mount one now that's um and there's nothing wrong with it even with its six blades and uh and and so on so on, so
3: oh yeah you, you did get it right or
0: yeah, well well, or? That, well that's the thing I, I got it um and I opened it up and I thought hold on this says uh, 105 millimeter 2.5 and uh as you know when we're having our chat the one I I bought was a ten point five centimeter, so I immediately knew that this was not the right lens, um, and I, and I, I I got it at a good price as well, and um, and I just I think it was badly listed, and um, oh. and I'm, and it, it it didn't sell, and I and it made the guy an offer, and I got it at a, at a good price, and uh, I it turns as long out as it got, works. well the thing is though the seller clearly has got two. Um, two of these lenses, and uh, uh, and he has anyway. Because I've been in contact with the, with the seller this morning, and um, mm-hmm. and he's he's away, and he's going to uh, work this out uh, at the end of the week. So uh, I am going to get the lens uh, that that I paid for. Now the lens I've got might be actually it might not be as good as the one that's actually in his house. Yeah, you know, he's got two. He had two pre AIs, and they just sent the wrong one out. But uh, I'm just generally the view that if I if I bought. I want, I want one I bought rather than another one yeah and there's nothing wrong with this lens as far as I can see and uh, hopefully the other one is going to be as good uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's it was just a bit of an odd one there that you know it turns up and it isn't the right one
1: But if the one you have is better then oh, what are you gonna do <laughs> Good
0: question. You get that one um, that you bought, just just so that you
1: can have one that says ten point five instead of one hundred and five, even if it's not as good. (laughs) The easy answer
2: is you switch the ID ring (laughs) on the front of the left.
0: Everyone else on eBay,
2: that's what everybody everybody else does. And then, and then you're fine. Just send it back. Oh, I changed my mind yeah <laughs> know,
1: that's a good idea that's a, that's how i got my zorky zk um well <laughs> no, that's not how you got Zorky. well sort of Yeah, <laughs> sort of. except somebody
0: changed it ahead of time and told you it was something else that's a little yeah. different yeah. So, well there is there is more of a difference than just the just the focus <laughs> ring uh, sorry just the uh the the nameplate and that's the uh the aperture ring uh is is physically different um as well oh. than the uh than the one that I bought as well. So ah, I'm details, with, details. Yeah. eBay will yeah. take
2: your side, just send it back.
0: Ebay <laughs> t- will uh, say screw you to the seller. you'll be fine. Yeah. Well the well, the thing is I could be I could be doing myself over because this 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 lens as well So it's also been um AI'd um as well. So uh you know oh, it's being it's yeah. being cut away. Well actually you're looking at it, it's been hacked at the back of it. I
2: it's was just gonna ask it, com- is it a, oh, is it yeah. a good like, conversion uh-oh. or a bad
0: conversion?
2: Yeah. <laughs> DIY, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, did well, that they've, dribble out
0: yeah, well, well, yeah well, they've, they've painted over where they've gouged it anyway so uh, <laughs> yeah that worked oh. well. that, that really
2: that fixed it just fine didn't
0: it <laughs> yeah well, it, but it works it works uh, i don't know if it's got light leaks around it or not i don't know um but um but no it, it's 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 fine and uh and this the one that's coming may not but that isn't really a, a concern to me because if i use it on a film camera i'll use it on my fe um and that will take uh Take that. Although, actually, Carl, you've you've been you've had a go at using an FE um, and a, a pre AI 105 and you had a bit of trouble, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I was I was really disappointed because I was all ready to take that lens and go down to the street market and shoot it on my FE, and then I realized it's, it wouldn't go on the camera. And that um, I did get it on, I did get it onto the camera, but then it, then you know figuring out how how to use it was, and then thinking off. You know, it's not going to be as easy to use it as um, if it was an AI lens. I never, I never bothered with it, but it. Just said the heck with it.
0: Now I, I'm beginning to wonder if you did that right, Carl. Um, <laughs> and, oh, uh, you always wonder if wonderful. do things that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's all the FE. I don't have it anymore. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, actually, no. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that back, and I'm, I, I apologise for casting aspersions on you there, because I just re- realised that the, the one I've got. Is is AI'd, and therefore it works exactly in the way that you would, you would want the lens to work. As in, that like you would move the aperture ring, um, it wouldn't darken the, the the viewfinder, and it would take the shot at the at the aperture that you selected, and it would meter to that as well, which is pretty much how you want it to work. Um, but if yours yeah. was, wasn't AI'd, even though you have worked out that you move a little tab on the uh, on yeah. the uh, on the mount correct to, to get it to fit on um that and it's it, it still needs to connect with that doesn't it to actually make the metering work correctly so uh, yeah. so you just into stop down metering which is a bit of a pain at the end of the day especially if you're using something more modern than a um uh, than an m42 camera of course
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so let's um let's go back to uh 100 mil lenses and you've Mentioned. I mean, there's. I know there are some people thinking, "Oh, he's mentioned the Minolta," um, and 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 then we and then we didn't we didn't talk about it. So uh, for those for those uh, members of the Minolta Mafia out there, I think it's time to talk about your 100 uh, millimeter f2 Minolta.
3: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, what? What should I talk about? I mean, it good takes good photos. Period. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well a, a question for you. Um it's a it's a general question uh, as much as it is about that that particular lens. Um you you own that lens. Um you mm-hmm. own quite a few a uh, hundred millimeter mm. uh, or one oh five millimeter lenses. Uh why why do you keep that lens if if well, just why do you keep that lens? Uh that's
3: that's actually a good question. Let's see. I know. Let's see. When I used it the first time, I'm actually editing photos right now using that lens. But it has a, it has a certain character to it. Like, there's a lot of lenses that I have that I would sell. I like, was like, oh, I don't use it anymore. But then when I put it on my camera to get, you know, see if I want to keep it, I'm like, oh yeah, it has this, it has this character that, that wants, that tells me it's like, oh, keep me, don't sell me kind of it just calls out to me like yeah it it renders a certain way or you know like the nikon or minolta's slower slower brother the 2.5 doesn't do and again it it's it's sharp enough for you know portraiture or, or like doing street photos but it's also not too sharp and like the fall off the the bokeh on it is pretty busy uh if you if you set it up in if you're shooting with like foliage in the background, it will get pretty gnarly. But if it's like architecture in the background or, you know, buildings, it, it can be pretty smooth. But it does have a certain a certain minolta feel to it, like many of the other lenses, you know, do and that's why, you know, people are attracted to, you know, the raw colors and the stuff like that. It's, it has that minolta minolta feel to it. And the colors off camera are pretty good. Uh, I mean I'm shooting raw, so those colours get washed away when I edit but off-, off camera like the colors are really good it's mo- it's particularly the rendering of the of the foreground and background when you're shooting with the subject and you want to isolate them like it it does relatively well and you know comparing it to the 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 1025 rocker like that one is definitely sharper than the f2 I'd, I'd save you know right off the bat so if I wanted like a like a walk around you know 100 then the two point five will come with me, and it's a lot smaller. At least the copy copy that I have is smaller, but it is heavier than the one hundred f two. Ironically.
0: All right. So yeah, I, I I had that lens for a very brief brief period of time. Uh, the the f two, uh, and well, my memories of it was it was a pretty heavy lens. Uh, for oh what yeah. It is. So, but the the, the two point five is heavier, then is it?
3: The one that I have, so Minolta made. Oh man, how many versions of that lens did they make? They made like four and then it was the mc rocker x one the one with the six it has six uh what is that six ridges on the waffle grip rather than the five or the later one It is. it's a pretty hefty lens without the adapter on it so i'd i'd pause it mine feels a little heavier though but if you mean if you put it on a scale like you'll get different numbers so mine feels a lot more chunkier than than the f2 hmm
0: I mean, certainly the, the I, I I do actually like the feel of of uh, Minolta lenses. Um, there's a, there's a good feel to, them. and but the 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 f two I I found it didn't have the it didn't feel as good as um, the rest of the Minolta's I used. But uh, I don't know if it was just my my copy. I'm, I must admit the the focus ring was a little firmer than ideal. Um, so that that might have been putting me off because that's if anything about Minolta lenses the the, the way they're constructed um, and the way that focus ring works, which is um, I believe it's a product of the, the the materials used in the helicoid. I think that's uh, I think it's brass on aluminium. Is that is that is that right, uh, Johnny? Brass and aluminium. Which one now? Minolta's in general.
3: Oh, I
2: I, I have no idea. Yeah. I've never opened
3: them. Uh, I can I can say a few on that. Uh, some some of the Minoltas use an aluminium uh uh helical. i know the fifty eight one point two uses an aluminum one but it does have like a brass brass outer thread yeah the auto the auto raw core version that I have is a completely brass uh focus ring but everything else outside of it like the or at least the the helical is brass and the focus ring is aluminum everything outside of it is uh aluminum but the the inners are
0: yeah are but it's i i've read somewhere that i think it's the, the the combination of uh, of aluminium and, and brass together um is something that is 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 meant to be particularly good and i think i'm not entirely sure but i think some likers might might do that as well i'm not 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 too sure um it could be just a case of uh some of the the rockall fans were just sort of how it was made and therefore pre- um pronounced that it was it's the best way of doing it i don't know if if, if that's the case or not um
3: yeah well, like, brass and aluminum kind of don't mix well. Like, if over time, like, the grease goes bad, the metal will gall. And, you know, a lot of material science stuff goes into that. But, yeah, like, it'll, like, the two metals really shouldn't mix together. should be, you know, like materials, so brass and brass should be together. Like, the 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 Nikkor 105 LTM that I have, like, is everything is brass on it, and the focus ring, the grease is slightly dried up, but the focus ring is, you know, it feels really nice. Yeah. yeah, it should be like materials to, for constructing a lens. But, you know, if they need to save money somewhere, the exterior will be aluminum and the innards can be brass, you know, stuff like
0: that. Okay. Well, I'd, I just want to talk a little bit about um, some mid-range. because so We talked about some quite... Well, I mean, the, the, the Nikon's Exa- like are.
3: high end, yeah. <laughs> 100s. Well, I'm like, where are the 2.8s? I got
0: exactly. 2.8s. Let's let's talk, let's talk 2.8s. And there's something I want to say, um, to get get something out of the way first. And I'm generally of the view that 100 millimeter 2.8 lenses, certainly the ones I've I've tried, Now I've tried quite a few of them, um, you know, I've got Curve, um, uh, Canon, uh, the, the Calignar uh actually I'll put that one slightly to one side um but um and there's a, there's a, there's a few more like the like from Olympus as well um th- i find them pretty much of a muchness um it, the ones i've tried in fact the only one that the, i didn't think that much of was the was a vivitar one the 102.8 i think that was a tokina lens which didn't yeah. really do it for me. But generally speaking, the uh, most 102.8s, and uh, I'll also include the uh, Meyer Optic um, Oristel in in those as well. And there's two versions of that. You've got the automatic one, and then you've got the previous one, which is um, it's, 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 an, it's an unusual lens um, because it has uh, a multi-blade aperture. Um, I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure how many how many blades it's got but uh, it's going to be 10 plus anyway um, yet it's not a preset lens um, which is a bit odd for an SLR lens I mean the one I've got here is a M42 um, so it, it's, it's quite an unusual combination it works far better on mirrorless than it ever did on, um, on, a, on, a, on an SLR um, but whether it be this one whether it be the automatic one that followed it or or olympus and so on i've i've put a few of these uh, together and done head head to heads and i find them almost indistinguishable uh, between one to another yet uh, the the f2 lenses um and 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 also potentially the um the the nikon lenses there's, there's something else about them they they are different i, I don't know if if your experience echoes mine
3: uh yeah like the the one hundred two eights or the relatively slower ones like they're i don't know how do you how do you describe how how plain a or how sterile a vintage lens can be like when it terms to when it comes to a uh, you know rendering or a bokeh or a character like that like the one like the old one hundred two eights like they're very consistent all across the frame, most of them you know perform relatively the same stop down just wide open. and It's like, there's something about it. You know, there's character, but then when you put it up against, you know, the more expensive, faster brother, it's like, if you put, say, the Konica, the Canon 102 102.8, the Pentax, whatever, and then you compared it to one singular, and it's like, yeah, like, all the, all the 2.8s from all the other brands kind of look the same. I mean, you can probably irk out like the, unique qualities of each lens, you know, if you set it up just right, but if you do like a head-to-head, you know, same subject, same distance, you know, same light, you know, you may not, you know, be able to tell the difference between each, you know, each one being a 2.8 or a 2.5, you know, unless, you know, set up a shot, you know, that takes advantage of each one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they—they all—they all perform consistently. It's just which one, you know, which one do you have? You know, or which one can you get that's the cheapest and in good condition, kind of deal. They'll yeah. all be good. You know, get one that you can afford.
0: Yeah, I think I think it might be the same principle as we've talked talked before. Um, most thirty-five millimeter lenses, fifty millimeter lenses, eighty-fives uh, and one-three-fives. Uh, the majority of them are. You know, you, you, it's difficult to go wrong with 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 those lenses because the the designs have been around for so long yes there are variations on these designs um but yeah the the normal you know the 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 normal standard models they they all or they generally perform very very similar to each other and it seems 100 millimeter lenses are are, are pretty much the same
1: you have one lens it's different i think and i don't know if you kept it or not but it's an exception it's not a standard lens it's that elmiron 102.8 one hundred two point eight that you put on your camera with a toilet paper tube or something like that. <laughs> but, um, no, just just looking at your Flickr page, um, there's a photo of some lavender, and it doesn't look like any other one hundred two point eight lens would would shoot uh, an image. The the bulk is totally different. Yeah, that's really cool.
0: The, yeah, that, that's right. But again, that's I um, think light is an that's exception. It's a projection.
1: <laughs> it yeah, but it probably really it was not an expensive lens. I don't imagine. No, right? no,
0: it wasn't. But as 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 John just just said, though, it's a it's a projection lens, so it, it's ultimately doing a different job. Uh, than than a, right. you know, a, a, a conventional lens, but ultimately a, a projection lens projects in the opposite direction to uh, to a conventional lens. So there, there there are going to be some differences optically about how how it, but it's far more interesting getting its image out out in the opposite direction uh, accurately than, than than coming back in. Um, no. uh, part uh, of yeah, yeah, I think is,
2: yeah, I think projection lenses are like have to be considered in a completely different way than. You know, the SLR and rangefinder stuff we're talking yeah. about because they're just, yeah, I mean, they render completely differently. I mean, they're, uh, it's like the, um, Duquesne. Remember we, yep. I know it's at least yeah. one of you guys had one of those at one time too. Simon does. Yeah. Did. Which renders almost, you, you almost can't tell it apart from like a triplan, you know, that everybody flips over. It's, it's a a very similar rending, rendering. And then triplan is another odd animal unto itself, sort of as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's to me those are a little bit different than conventional, you know, yeah. one hundred and
0: one hundred and five lenses. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Johnny. I said, I, you know what? I'd completely forgotten about the Triplan and uh, mm-hmm. the Triplan one hundred. We can't we can't really have a hundred millimeter episode uh, yeah. without talking about
3: can't that. Okay. Oh. Oh no.
0: <laughs> is that is that a lens you've come across, Brian? Have you do you have one of those?
3: I it's don't, don't want because it's absurdly too expensive.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have got the one
2: I. I well, I had one. I sold it to Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy will make you a deal on it if he's not using oh, it. Oh
3: no. Well, I have right. a couple of bub- bu- bubble bubble bokeh lenses. I, oh man, yeah. like I have the the two Tessars, the fifty two point eight and the eighty two point eight. So they're good enough for me. They're very yeah. very yeah. case specific times when I want to use those. Yeah. But, uh, I don't need that I don't need the the trio plan so I don't actively look for it either unless you know I get it for five times the five times cheaper than what they normally go for. Right. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, there is there is the version that, that Johnny uh, sold onto, onto James, James Udano, um and that was the automatic version, wasn't it? The uh, six-blade yep. six one, which, op- yeah. op- I mean, that's effectively a, the similar kind of setup to this Mare Optic Horror tool that I've got. Um, I've got the more desirable one of the two um, sold the one with six blades, but optically they're absolutely identical and, uh, yeah. and pretty much it's just yeah. the same applies with the triplan. Doesn't it Johnny? And it, yeah. And if you're going to shoot it wide open, it doesn't matter how many blades it's got anyway, which is what most people seem to be doing.
2: So, you know, optically it's going to be the same. Um, and it, you know, I, I but I think it's a little bit easier to probably get the, you know, the cheap, well, the cheaper ones cheaper. <laughs>
1: it's that's all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I figure people who buy those shoot. Them. I mean, some people who buy classic lenses only just shoot them wide open. That's all they do. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, exactly. I've heard, anyway. <laughs> I
0: mean, I do. I'll <laughs> admit to that. Yeah. Well, well Carl, Carl famously tell, tells us that he doesn't shoot bokeh shots, and then and then the yeah. six shots uh-huh. that go on are all bokeh shots, and then he complains about his bokeh worms and uh, things. <laughs>
1: But I don't. I don't as often as I used to, no, and I, no, and, no, it, no. and I don't know if other people go through this. But um, when I first got classic lenses, I shot bokeh shots almost all the time, and lately I've been more interested in. Sh- I'm interested in shooting pictures of people, and I'm more interested in shooting black and white also, and, I don't, I don't, and then and the lenses usually stop down, and I don't care about the bokeh. But then once in a while, you know, there'll be a nice flower or something, and I'll take a bokeh shot. Sure.
3: I think the the key here is I. Like- like for every photographer, would be different. Like you'll you'll train yourself to you know maybe not like a bokeh shot or you know you'll prefer to shoot wide open or getting like something to isolate subject whether it's stop down or wide open or whatever lens. Like that's pretty much, I I'd say it's a you know dependent on the photographer themselves. You know whether or not you know they'll shoot you know something black and white stop down or black and white wide open, color wide open, you know and vice versa they kind of train yourself or you get, you get the experience in different situations. And if it presents itself, then why not?
1: Well, I was no. And you know, so, um, I mentioned this last time, so, um, but, um, I've, uh, this week I did it again with this, um, fake Zorky lens. It's a pretty nice Jupiter three. I'm, I'm happy with it. And that is that I'll, I'll, um, find a subject. I'll get it in focus. I'll frame it. And then, um, the aperture aperture's perfectly circular and I'll close it down to a point where I really like the way the background looks. And it and it generally is not wide open. With this lens or that uh what's that fifty eight two point four lens that we bought? That one too. I'll do the same thing when I'm using it. I'll I'll close it down to the way that I don't know, to, to a point where I think, oh I like that And the background's usually not just totally blurred out. There's just a little bit of structure to it. I've,
3: I've... Yeah, you'll 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 uh You'll get it to where you want it, and it'll be the same for for like any other photographer. Like I like it like this. Yeah. Using the same lens, but I like it like this. It works. Yeah.
0: Well, that was that was something when I was I was chatting to to you, Brian, um, last time. Um, We're talking about moving from crop to full frame and that was and we've already touched upon this um, when when carl mentioned and and i echo uh, what he was saying how we we both liked 50 millimeter lenses on on micro four thirds and we still liked them on full frame um but for me that that transition um marked a a transition in my photography as well when i went when i went to full frame because i still liked 50 millimeter lens and i thought i wouldn't um, because I wasn't particularly enamored with using, say, a 28mm lens or micro four-thirds. So every now and again, you could I could do something with it, but it didn't really interest me. I, I found it quite boring, whereas I didn't find 50mm boring on, on, on a full-frame camera. Um, but what that did for me is that, that led me in a direction where I was taking more shots at wider angles. And by definition, when you're using a wider angle lens, you're... Um, opportunity for bokeh um diminishes because the depth of field in- increases so i've i've pretty much put that my whole transition in photography down to that that effect from full frame going uh, going to full frame and using wider lenses so yeah because when you're using a 50 millimeter lens on to get that 100 millimeter angle of view um it you got Especially when you, because you are using a really fast lens as well, uh, because most fifty millimeter lenses are fast, so you had this nice shallow bokeh, and instantly there was, was a shallow depth of field. So instantly there was lots of beautiful bokeh all over the place. So why not? Why not make the most of it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, other have you have you got any uh, any any more hundreds in your your vast collection there? Ooh.
3: What do I have? Well, I have the Konica. Uh, our friend Medi, <laughs> Medi in the Konica Lens Group will like me for that. <laughs> Shout out to the Konica guys. Uh, I have. Uh, let's see. What am I looking at? Oh yeah, I have the the Vivitar the one hundred two point not ma- the the not telephoto one the macro one which is a a reskin of the the Vivitar series one one oh five two five. I have that one, and I think I think that was it. I mean, aside from the three
0: necros that I have, that I, th- was... I think I think that's enough. I don't think you need any more, <laughs> do you? Um, although, although um, I've, oh I've, yes, you do. Yeah, well, uh, i <laughs> I've, I've got to take you guys down my one hundred and five rabbit hole
2: still, but keep
0: going. <laughs> Well, I think. Well, I think this is a good time to do it. Although I, I get a sneaky feeling your 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 rabbit hole is going to be 100, 105 mil rather than 100 mil. No. no. 100 what's the same focal length don't let's not that's not that's 100 and
2: 105 are the same thing and actually if you actually optically measured them none of them are probably exactly either number they're somewhere in between so yes some of them
3: some of them like measure like a 98 exactly which is
2: true of like any pretty much any lens marked at any focal length they get rounded to the next logical number. So same thing. So, um, so I, I, I feel, I feel the freedom to talk about this only because I'm done trying to track down these lenses and I want to let everybody else have a turn now that I've spent a grand total of maybe a hundred dollars on the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight or nine lenses I have here. That's not true. The last one I bought, I looked for, for a long time and I paid a little more than I wanted to for it. But uh, there's a good story about that.
3: So, uh, T2 100
2: and 105 millimeter lenses. And to my way of thinking, these are about the best value lenses out there if you want something in that range. Um, so, T2 mount, meaning that the back of it has a uh, a 42 millimeter thread. It's not M42 but it's a 42 millimeter thread with a different pitch. And on the back of that thread, you can put basically any mount adapter you want and mount these on any camera you want. Um, They have a long register distance that allows for that, um, that aperture to, or the uh, adapter to be placed in. Um, And these are preset lenses. So they have an aperture ring and a preset ring. Simon, we know which is which. And they tend to have loads and loads and loads of aperture blades, like, you know, uh, 10 or above, 10 10 to 18 or whatever, depending on which which, which one you get. Um, And they tend to be relatively small. Um, They tend to have been a response to the popularity of... Uh, Nikons one o five lenses so optically they they had that in mind as a target so they're um they tend to be very good optically um and they're just all around really nice lenses uh and were made you know th- by the third party man- the the some of the best third party manufacturers of lenses in Japan back in the day so they're you know they're tokinas they're things like that um and they're rebranded with different names on them so I have a couple of distinct um series of these here in my hand. Um, The first ones are marked 105 millimeter. Um, I have a couple of them marked Soligor, and and I have one marked Tele Lentar. Um, And this is a very small lens. Uh, This lens, size-wise, is about the size of an Olympus Pen F lens, like a 40 millimeter. It's a little bit longer, but it's about as fat. So it's a very small lens, very compact. Um, It's not at its ultimate best at two eight, but it's still pretty good. And if you stop it down, it's awesome. Um, and just for size wise alone, I think it's, it's a lens worth having. I, I, I bought three of them before I finally got one where everything was perfect and I didn't have to screw around with, you know, inconsistent uh, helicoids or whatever, perfect glass. Um, so I finally found one. And I was really excited. Um, and it's, it's a really, really good lens to, to live on a, um, a any kind of camera. Uh, Because it's so adaptable. So there's that one. And then the other one I have that I think is optically even a little bit better is um, these are uh, 105s. And they're marked either uh, Spiritone TC um, or I have also the Acura SuperTel version, which is actually marked f 2.4 versus the spiritone, which is marked f 2.5. Um, I actually have had this lens apart and believe it or not, it is actually a little bit different aperture wise. So they didn't just kind of make that up. The aperture really is slightly different. Um, that said, they're very similar lenses. I actually had another one of these. I got, I got, uh, two of each and I had another version that I kind of bought for parts, um, to, uh pull a good front element out and put it on one of the others um, so I have this one, and this one is a uh, unique you'll if you if you go looking for it, you'll see that it has like a zebra um, look to it, so it has a focus ring that's a black and white um, so it's got a unique look and it's it it, it competes very well with um the Nikkor two point five uh one oh five two five so and I think there's some old a couple of old school reviews of it out there um, that kind of show those two going head to head. So that's another one I would recommend if anyone wants to pick up a cheap one Oh five. And then I want to talk about the, the, the last one that I have, the last T2 mount um, that took me several years to find. And it's one of those things where I saw this lens in a resale shop and I was like, I was, I had no money and it was a kind of a tough time. And I'm like, you know, I'll come back maybe in a week when I get a paycheck and I'll buy this thing. It was, I think it was marked $15. And it is, the lens was a Vernon Edinar 105 2.8. And this lens is really unique. It's, it's again, it's a, it's a preset uh, lens. It has a really weird, what looks like a triple um, triple ring ring uh focus helicoid it's hard to explain this but it looks like three rings stacked on top of each other it's just it's just the way the ring looks um it's hard to describe but if you google it you see a picture maybe it's hard to find any pictures of it um so anyway i i saw this lens at a resale shop and what was unique about it is it was in the original box and in the original box it had a little sheet that had like a basically an optical test an optical like a bench test um and it had a piece of exposed film in with the notes and it was basically a, 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 a literally a, a frame shot with the lens proving its optical characteristics and it, you know a, a test showing um, exactly what those characteristics were so the whole thing was just sort of interesting and apparently these were only sold through like department stores um, it's a as far as I know it's a Tokina it looks very much like the famous uh vivitar 85 1.8 has the same sort of markings
0: uh but there's other bits <laughs> to it that say, are different. when you say famous there uh, uh, that's famous on this podcast isn't it rather than the famous outside of it i don't think yeah, the famous <laughs> yeah. the weirdos that that would be this exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah famous to me and simon
2: <laughs> basically carl never bought one he had many opportunities and never got one so carl's not in the club um so anyway i finally after having a ebay search on for about Literally, like three years, this lens turned up. The Vernon Ednar. it has uh, hold on, let me see if I can kind of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 12, 13, 14, but 18 blades. Um, it's it's heavy, it's the same size relatively as like the Lentar lens I was talking about, the Acura Supertel. Um, but it to me, having used all these lenses, kind of trying them out, this one is the best optically. Um it, it's the most unique in terms of construction. Uh, and I kind of quit searching for and buying T mount 100s and 105s when I got this lens because it was like the one that was always on my list. And it's the best one that I've used. So that's, that's my high point of my collection of my, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, nine or 10. T2 lenses but I I literally except for that Vernon Edinar, I think I paid 75 bucks for it Oh, they might have been less than that but something like that but all the rest of them I think the most I paid was about $20 some of them were as cheap as 5 or 6 and they still turn up relatively cheap so there you go (laughs) I don't need another one (laughs) you guys can have at it but I, I think it still turns up as a really good budget lens and I think the quality on them optically and just build wise is, is really excellent. So it's something interesting and unique that you can maybe track down.
0: Well, another, another T2 uh, lens that I've I've had and been and gone, and that's one by uh, Kimura. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, yeah. sure. And, uh, and they've reasonably famously did a couple of versions of, uh, of those lenses. I mean, I had the, I think it was a 105 uh 105 2.8 um mm-hmm. had with, with a beautiful aperture on it uh, but it, it certainly wasn't a lens that you would put in the same category as the as is the is the nikon in terms of try if they were if they were trying to match. That lens, then they 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 were a mile off. Uh, well, but- yeah, but keep in mind,
2: you're of course judging it on some stupid digital sensor and not on film. So <laughs> Whoa, blah, whatever. No, well, no, that's true. I mean, that's true. Digital sensors are going to give you a different rendering than that would have had on film. So. It's very difficult to say head to head how it would have performed
0: because you see it way differently. Well, you know? well let well let me let me answer that because you jumped you okay. jumped you jumped in there way too fast. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I had oh. to. Come on, I had to stir that pot yeah. Simon. Everybody else is a pixel peeper, I know. If you yeah you know, and well, well I was I was going to say that um, the, the 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 nickel um, they they went for sharpness and that was a decision that they they went to do that because they were obviously treating that lens differently to how right, they were treating right. their eighty five millimeter f two of of the day, um, which is you know a, 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 it, it's a much um, it's a it's just generally a, a softer lens which back in, in this case of with eighty five millimeter lenses back in the day they were made that way they could have made them sharper. But they, they didn't, um, because they were they were used for for portraits and they were they were going to be uh, flattering, and uh, um, whereas I, and I like I say I think with the hundred millimeter lenses they tend to be sharper than than eighty fives generally, but they, mm. the the Kimura in particular though felt like an eighty five millimeter lens in terms of its mm. rendering. <clears throat> Which I could, yeah. Uh, you know, so yes, you you could. I think it it was a deliberate effort. It seems to to make a a soft hundred millimeter lens just to give the same feel, but that just slightly different uh, um, viewpoint to to,
3: to, a, to an eighty five. Oh, at least it's not one of those quote soft focus lenses. Oh, those <laughs> irk me so much. Oh man. Oh, so, we're good. We're getting into interesting shot yeah. territory here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well those lenses, like oh man, what was it Canon made one, Minolta made one, those 85 F two point eight soft
0: lenses? Like very, very soft. Oh my god. Yeah. And then
3: there was a there's a dial there was a ring on it that controlled how much yeah. more, like <laughs> baby poop you wanted to look like. <laughs> so I'm like oh really <laughs> This was a thing.
0: <laughs> oh man! So you, you're yeah. not you're not really one for the pic- pictorialist style of photography, then by the sounds of it.
3: I mean it if it works, but most of the pictures I've seen using that lens, you know, just for the heck of it, like they don't look good. <laughs> they don't look good. At least in my eyes, they don't look good. Someone else, it could be like, yeah, this is like this is great. But to me, it's like if. It needs to work <laughs> But it's like a lot of them they don't work oh like come on like oh, do you, like do they stop down and then do use the soft dialer there's no aperture ring there's just that's like oh ugh. I don't know <laughs> don't get me started on those Just get a just you know put a UV filter on it and then put like put your finger sponges all over it that works too
0: well uh pat Pat um, in a, in our group he's uh, he's got a very soft um, but he doesn't, he doesn't actually use it that often. I've, I've got to say, I think it's, it's one of the, it's a, it's a real speciality lens, isn't it really? You've got to have yeah, exactly yeah. the right circumstances to make that work. And I would suspect, um, there's very little point in using that on digital at all. Uh, really. No, you're, no. Cause you're putting a lens that's
2: meant to render softly and use film grain to hold that softness together on a technology that, only favor sharpness and that's all digital sensors do is favor sharpness over everything else so you're gonna it's not gonna look right it's gonna be a soft lens on a sharp medium you know what i mean it does it doesn't work
0: that's it's like it's
2: just a mess
0: yeah yeah well that's it i mean you talk about your beautiful grainy mush on uh, the. yeah there's no mush to hold it together it's just
2: it's just baby poo like you said that's what that's what it's gonna be (laughs) It's just a bunch of baby poo, for sure. Oh
0: man! Well, um, on the on the subject, because I I know that Eric Eric Kasluis is uh, <laughs> is uh, is listening to this at this moment, and he's uh, pa- patiently waiting for me to mention the, um, that there is another version, uh, another lens made by by Kimura, and I've forgotten it. Whether it's a, I can't remember now if it's a 100 or a 105, and I also can't remember if it's a f2 or 1.8. Um, but he has whatever that lens is that I'm trying to talk about. He's got one, and uh, and he, he, he spoke about it. I think on the, in fact, it's on it's on the desert island. I think I think it went with him on to, onto f2, the uh, onto that desert yeah. island. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, and I've seen some pictures with that, and that's 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 pretty special. Um, yeah, that's a nice one. And it also, that—that's a point that—that that reminds me of, an, of another lens, which uh, it's 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 in some respects it's more relevant than say um, a, a projection lens. But it's and and that's the um, I don't I'm not entirely sure if it's even got a name, but some people call it the Helios one hundred f two, um, and that lens in particular, it it's off one of the. Um, uh, Soviet night vision uh, monoculars, and there are, there's a, there are several versions of those, and um, and most of them seem to use the 85 millimeter, the Cyclop uh, lens, the 85 millimeter f 1.5, which is basically it's a Helios 40 except it doesn't have an iris, and but there isn't, to my knowledge, um, a proper uh, camera lens version of the 100 uh, f2. Uh, but I've got, I've got one of those and, uh, I've got to say it, there is something quite unique about that. The way that the, again, the way that it renders and, um, and it, the, 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 difference has almost certainly got something to do with it, its, its purpose was it's never been designed to work on a camera to my knowledge. Um, and it's meant to work with a, a night vision monocular. Um, so perhaps the optics in there are, are um, designed around its, its use um and then and therefore, that's why it sort of renders slightly oddly um and focuses slightly oddly um, when you when you put it onto a camera, but that's a very interesting lens and it's uh I've currently got it being cleaned at the moment, so I've hardly had a chance to use it yet, but um some of the pictures I've seen eric uh, do with that lens are are, are excellent, so um hopefully I'll do do a few more um, because uh, that's a it's a very interesting lens. Um, okay, there's uh, we've we've exhausted um, <laughs> Brian's collection, and there is uh, there is one one more lens that I want to mention. I mean, I, I must admit I, I could probably think of a few more that we can talk about, but uh, um, I mean Nikon. Can, also, I guess, did, can I guess? No, actually, like you know it? what? Oh. You're not going to guess what this one's going to be because I'm quickly going to touch upon a lens that Carl had, and uh, I must say to our uh, our listeners, Carl is gone now, um, so uh, hopefully uh johnny will be doing a uh, doing doing Carl's credits for him later um but um but he had he had to go but one of the lenses that Carl had uh, was a nikon uh, 100mm f2.8 uh and again that's not a uh, a macro version or anything like that it was a a yes. normal lens that they did except uh, it's also got the letters in there uh, or the name of series e uh, which was uh nikon's budget range and uh, and Carl had that one for a while, and I think he quite liked it at the time. Um, but I get the, I get the feeling it, it probably comes under the category of almost all the other 100mm 2.8s that have been very, very competent, but <laughs> is there anything truly special about them? Um, so uh, And that was a lens that he had for a while, and, and he, he let that one go. I don't know if you've got anything to say on that lens, uh, Johnny. Which one is it? The Series E uh, Nikon 100 2.8.
2: Uh, I mean, I haven't used one. Um, I know we have them at, we have them at the shop Uh, for sale once in a while. Um, I don't know. What, what,
0: what no. else? What would you uh, yeah. That's okay. Well, yeah. it, it, enough <laughs> of that one. And uh, yeah. one, one that I think. I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather have the other one, the 2.5. E- exactly. And, uh, and I'll, I mentioned earlier, and I touched upon it, and I've actually talked about this in the, in the podcast before. Um, and that's the, uh, the Kalanyar, if that's a correct pronunciation for it, um, 102.8. but so. I think you've, you've got to, you've got to bring a Soviet lens into the conversation somewhere, haven't you really? Um, and that was a lens that felt, felt like it uh, was, you, you would win it in a Christmas cracker or something like that. It is incredibly cheap feeling lens um a lot of people don't like that lens possibly because of the way that it feels um, but optically i think it's absolutely excellent um i think it's of the 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 100mm 2.8s out there i absolutely consider it to be the best one that I've tried uh, because it did have something a little bit different about it. Can't really put my finger on it, but it, it, there was something I liked about that uh, and liked it so much that I preferred it uh, to the later um, 105 2.5 AI and AIS, uh, which have got you know such a great reputation, but they, they've just, they've never done it for me. And I actually prefer this, this cheap feeling Russian lens to to, to that one. Um, I'm sure there are going to be lots of people Going to be really really upset about us hardly talking about the the AIS and the AI uh, version of this lens. But um, are, are you are you a fan of that lens, Brian? Have you got something good to say about that? Seeing it's such a legendary lens. Which lens? The uh, the the AI version and AIS version of the uh, Nikon one oh five
3: two point five. Uh I can't really say much of it. I don't have the the two point five version you know AI AIS version. I do know people who use them and, and they they seem to like it very much. Well, yeah. To, to compare like, you know, photos of I've seen my friends take with it and then, you know, some have taken with the with the sonar version like they look indistinguishable. The only thing that could be different would be like the coating. So slightly better contrast, better flutter resistance, but you know, in terms of rendering or, you know, sharpness, they're it's hard to tell apart. You know, each one. So they're both good. If you have one, you yeah. Know, or if you can find one at a good price, you know, don't hesitate to buy it. You know, if you're confused about getting an older one or a newer one, if it's if it's cheap, buy it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I th- I, th- I think why a lot of us in the group like the the older Sonar version is because it is more compromised. Um, it doesn't do things quite as as well as the uh, as, as the later lens, um, which is. that tends to be one of the reasons why we like these old lenses in the first place Um, the things that they don't do well which we turn into a positive um but this this will just completely turn the whole thing on its head though where the the last lens i'm going to mention uh is the polar opposite of what i've you know i've been saying wonderful things about the old sonars and, and and things like that but the the other uh, because i only own two hundred millimeter lenses uh, one being the 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 Myra optic uh, uh which i 've got to say i hardly ever use i do actually wonder why i still have it um and uh my other hundred millimeter which is the olympus uh hundred millimeter f two nice yeah oh and it is <laughs> it's uh, every you know, it's it's a it's a beautiful lens. The, the, the way it feels it, the, the heft of the lens, the, uh, I love the focus ring on it. In fact, I like Olympus focus rings full stop. I think they're just, just great. How they, how they diagonally knurled. Um, yeah, They're oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. But this, uh, this, this, this lens, it, it, it's the polar opposite in many respects <clears throat> to the, uh, uh, to the Sonar, um, Nikon. Um, it's a very modern lens. I think it actually, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it came, I think it might've come out in the nineties, the early nineties, possibly. And yeah, so,
3: towards the end of the mount, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. It's, yep. one of, it's pretty much one of the last lenses that they, they produced and they produced a few pretty amazing lenses towards the end of uh, the, 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 their time. Um, and it's, as far as hundred millimeter lenses are concerned, it, it's certainly one of uh, the most expensive. I think um, if you want to pay more, and then, uh, I mean Zeiss. Zeiss will uh, you, you can pay more for a Zeiss, no doubt. A hundred millimeter f/2 Zeiss, uh, which I've never oh. used. I'd love to um, being a Zeiss fan, uh, but I've never, never, never used one. Um, but I don't, I don't see how it could be any, any better uh, than this, the, this Olympus. And and as I say, it's pretty much the the absolute opposite to those those sonar lenses in that it's incredibly sharp um it's very well corrected it it it, i don't know if it will flare or or whatever but it's it does all the things that a a modern lens does but um and i i I love it for it um and it's yeah it's it's a it's a pretty special lens it's it's damned expensive um i I managed to pick one of these up in a in an auction and I, i got one at a a sensible price although even i didn't really buy it at a price that i would sell it on for i bought it for a price because i wanted it um but yeah they are uh it's, it's a wonderful piece of kit yeah that- so can we talk about one more
2: 100 millimeter f2 lens mm-hmm. uh <laughs> oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah we can't we think we can't miss the elephant in a room here this is this is definitely a special one um and it involves an entire story that I have with a podcast listener. So, um, I'll tell the story and then I'll talk about the lens. So, uh, earlier, I guess it's this week or last weekend, uh, Christopher J may, uh, who is someone that we know from, um, the classic lenses, Facebook group, et cetera. Uh, member there, he, um, he came into central camera with his, uh, fiance there in, in Chicago for the holidays. Um, and we had a nice chat. He had a uh, what a Nikon uh, D800 with him, um, looking around at at lenses and stuff. And um, so we we're looking at you know oddball stuff. And then I said, well, hey, why don't you check this out? And what it was, and I I didn't realize we even had it, uh, but I kind of came across it on the shelf was uh, the SEMA Soft 100 millimeter f two, and. If you've never heard of this lens or never seen this lens, you need to Google it and look at it. Um, I would call this the <laughs> the plastic soft focus trombone lens, <laughs> and the reason I, the reason
1: I say that
2: is there's there's no there's really um, no f- focusing it. Well, you focus it by sliding the outer plastic tube. Um, back and forth along the inner plastic tube. So it's literally a lens with no helicoid. You just slide it. Um, It's it's got no aperture. So you use it wide open, or it originally came with a series of aperture discs that you just basically drop in to control the soft focus effect. Um, So I think there's like an an F4, an F8 or whatever. Um, Or you can make your own really easily by literally cutting something that looks like an aperture and dropping it in there in the way, um, and you can kind of control that spherical aberration effect. Um, so this is literally a piece of shit, pla- piece of plastic tube <laughs> with optics, like rudimentary optics in it and a team out at the end. And that's it. And <laughs> so it, it's like a super duper pictorialist, uh, lens. It makes very crazy soft focus effects. Um, and, uh, I think it's wonderful, especially when you can get it for like twenty dollars or less. Um, why not screw around with it? So, so Christopher uh, tried this, got this lens, and tried it, and I think he's really enamored with it, and and posted some really cool shots that he took. He walked over to the Art Institute of Chicago, took some nice shots in the museum that looked really cool. Um, anyway, I I, th- I think it kind of goes over some people's heads that. It's supposed to look like that. It's not supposed to look clean and sharp. That's the whole point. And it's a creative tool. And if you want something that looks better, you get a different kind of lens. But the whole point of this lens is it's a it's a weird ass soft focus machine. And it it and it it's not gonna look right because it's not supposed to look right. Um, so that would be my my entry as the weirdest, oddest. One of the weirdest oddest lenses, period. Um, but certainly the weirdest, oddest 100 millimeter lens that you could possibly come up with. I've,
0: I've just, I've just, I, I had to, I had to go googling when you, when you told about this, and uh, just for, for, for the, for the benefit of uh, anybody that's li- listening along in front of a computer, um, Sima is spelled S-I-M-A. Um, yeah. And uh, and you just do Sima 100 millimeter, and there uh, you'll you'll find something, yeah. and uh, there are some examples on Flickr. Uh, and yeah, this is a old looking lens. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's got- Is that like like plumbing tubing or
3: something? Yeah, it's yeah. basic.
2: Right, it, it looks like PVC a couple white? of pieces
3: of PVC, <laughs> yeah, black
2: PVC. That I mean, you, anybody could make one of these. You could just get two pieces of black PVC and put it together, and you know, throw some really crappy lens element in the front, and uh, you could probably get about the same effect. It's like it. It's like not even as nice as a projection lens. A shitty projection lens. It's oh my goodness. <laughs> so these are these date from here, and again, you have to understand the context, okay? These date from the sort of mid-late 1980s. Um and you, so you're still in the film world, and there was this thing going on in commercial photography at the time. And here's another thing that you guys gotta look at in Google if you haven't done it before, is the hose master system. So, the Hose Master system... What is <laughs> First of all, it's called Hose Master, and that's just the coolest thing ever, right? Yeah. So, the Hose Master system was basically this light painting system where you could, like, throw light around with this machine and get these really weird kind of soft, dreamy effects. And just, you know, think about if you could make a lens that did that same thing, right? So, we're talking the worst aspects of 80s commercial photography being encapsulated probably in this lens like it was like this one-off moment of well hey we could make a lens that does that you know um so you have to kind of view it in context of what was going on at the time with the look that you'd see in a lot of advertising if you go even watch like like music videos from the 80s you'll see some of them you know have this look with Dudes with lots of really long, flowy hair and stuff. Um, So it's very much from a particular moment in time, and I think that's definitely part of the charm of this thing. And even if you find like the advertising materials that go with this lens when it originally came out, which I think I have a link for that I'll put the podcast in the podcast notes. It's just a it is so ridiculously eighties. You gotta love it. Um, So anyway, I just i think it's a i think it's an amazing thing and i don't know why anybody would not think just take it for what it is and think it's awesome
0: well it it isn't just this incredible soft focus lens either because it it's also it's and it says it on the side of it yeah. Ma- macro yeah <laughs> correct i mean, I mean what, right. what what more could you want other than right. a soft focus macro lens
2: no. so i would if it was me i would pair it up with some Agfachrome chrome 1000 super grainy film and you would have the most ridiculous grainy color mess that you could possibly imagine and it would be incredible. So because that was the other thing that was going on at the time. If you look at like old Agfa Chrome 1000 shots, they look like SEMA soft without the SEMA soft. You could just do it with any <laughs> with any camera and lens and get close to this this super super grainy uh soft uh, uh, color effect and I have like, I have 50 rolls of it on ice, I'm going to say, in my freezer that I picked up really cheap because I think this stuff is totally amazing um, but uh, same thing same moment in time where this kind of soft focus macro uh, and soft focus effect was just, it was a thing So,
0: I'm, I'm just looking at the these these aperture discs that you're talking about. At first, I thought they were like waterhouse stops, and you, you like slot that, them in. They somewhere. are basically, yeah. yeah but they, they, they pretty look much like, what they are. But you just you just screw them onto the front of the lens, though. Is, is
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it says sliding them on. You, you put them in the little retaining ring on the front.
3: Yeah. Wow. It was like a, it was like a an extremely like, below <laughs> low budget Petzval or something. Like, yeah.
2: Be, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> below
1: exactly. <low> budget.
2: Exactly.
3: <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> well, <time Yep>. <laughs> hey I, there's one right here on ebay for 16 bucks see that's
2: <laughs> what i'm talking about for 16 dollars, do
3: you not just want to get one and screw around with it just
2: for the hell of it that's my point it's a 16 dollars lens come on you know well,
3: it, it, well <laughs> i don't know if you can call it a lens <laughs>
2: <laughs> it technically it has an uh, it has a lens element right Mm -hmm. it has a tube that holds that element in place and it has a method to attachment attach it to a camera so in the most rudimentary way of speaking we have to say it is a lens
3: (laughs) yeah i mean there's a movement nowadays i've seen on youtube uh (laughs) folks like 3d printing like yeah and stuff so yeah it's a it's a a thing now yeah it's for sure (laughs) it's having a renaissance period but all these folks on YouTube don't know that this existed like 20 years ago. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and we've talked
2: a bit about pictorialism in the past on the podcast here. So this very much falls within the vein of um, pictorialism, which I, I think even pictorialism is having a bit of a, I don't want to say a resurgent, but it's having a moment where people are like looking back at the history of photography and seeing this weird moment where people were, trying to figure out what photography was and was it painting? Was it not painting? Was it art? Was it not art? And and part of the thing that was going on for a while there is these super soft focused, dreamy looking photos that, you know, had this very kind of soft effect. Um, there was a particular craze for this in Japan uh, with some of the early Kodak cameras. So it, 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 it's a, it, it's a movement that had a very important, Place within the history of photography, um, and this lens kind of harkens back to that because of the eighties cheese factor.
0: Well, well, for some yeah. for some for some reason, uh, and I can't possibly think why. Um, but this this lens didn't doesn't appear to have made it over out of the uh, United States of America over to uh, over to Britain for some reason because I can't find any of them uh, in uh, <laughs> on the eBay in the UK, and I can't think why. Um. Yeah. Good reason, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right, well, I, 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 think we've probably reached a high note for this podcast, and I absolutely a I I high note. <laughs> I, 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 have yeah. no idea how we could we could top that. Um, Can't beat that. <clears throat> <clears throat> Microsoft Lens. Uh, exactly. Um, now, I'm, I'm. There are. We've we've actually got quite a few emails that have come in, which I, I don't think we've really got enough time to do them justice. So yeah, we oh, think we got to save um, them. Yeah, yeah, and this which is actually going to potentially cause us a bit of a problem because. Uh, we've got things certainly lined up for the next two weeks, which I we do get a feeling we might struggle to get those uh, emails read even in the next two weeks. So uh, we might have to come up with a um, Simon, maybe we need to do a backing
2: paper midweek and just do email. That would be nuts.
0: It would be. It would be um,
2: Simon's like, screw that. That's so much extra work. I'm not
0: doing it. Get somebody else to do the podcast editing because I ain't doing it midweek. Well, should we Should we just forward them on to Sunday 16 and get them to do it for us?
2: Yeah, they can just have them read them. They sound better than me.
0: Because, you know, I don't know a damn thing
2: about anything. So it would be better if they read it anyway.
0: Uh, well, we, we're going to have to come up with a, a, a solution on this one or we right. just might have to wait. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Which... Uh, um, I'm just thinking of a couple of things. I think it's... Actually, you know what? I think it's just a good, a good thing to talk about next week's show um, a little bit because yeah. it is. Oh, and your your voice just went really somber there, Johnny.
1: You know? Oh, did and, it?
0: And he, oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, and he goes, yes, yes, yes. We need uh. to. Yes, and um, and that's because next week's show is uh, is our anniversary show, our first our first anniversary show. Um, that's true. And uh, we have a guest lined up, and uh, and he is. Um, yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? Sorry. <laughs> sorry just
2: I, i'm just i'm really sorry um i just realized what the seamus looks like and I, I i don't know that we can put a link to it in the podcast notes but <laughs> i'm not saying i own a <laughs> fleshlight i am just saying oh. i've heard i've heard of the fleshlight and i i think there's a remarkable resemblance
3: <laughs>
2: mm. oh. <laughs> oh i love it you guys are groaning
3: it's great oh
2: no <laughs> classic lens of podcast does not endorse the use of your Seamus off lens as a flashlight oh <laughs> yes. this is well, an all ages
0: podcast I think
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm now
0: I'm now hoping that next week's guest isn't listening to this program at the moment um, oh, <laughs> so we really really do want him to turn up um, and, uh, don't, don't google flashlight people no, especially, no. If especially if there's children in the
2: room just saying <laughs> yeah
3: yeah. We're at work. <laughs> We're at work.
2: We're sorry for the firing of your position. Classic <laughs> lenses podcast will not be held
0: responsible for people
2: fired from their job. Yeah, yeah I'm oh, not going to mention it.
0: that that lens is ribbed. Uh, but, <laughs> oh. um, um, uh, yeah. So where, where was I? Oh, yeah, that's it. So we've got. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: next 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 week in this somber moment um of our uh, what well, first anniversary uh um our guest is going to be matthew duclos of uh duclos lenses and uh and in the stills world oh. that might not mean uh, a, a a great deal but certainly those oh, those people involved it, in the uh in the city world yes. um i've got to, yeah. i imagine a lot of people will know who who he is and uh um so we're looking we're really looking forward to that especially that we know of at least one of the lenses that he has access to is one of the most incredible amazing uh desirable lenses on the planet Um, and on other planets yes yeah yeah yeah. Oh, so,
2: like uh,
3: if, I, if I had to hold the candles of that, like he, that, <laughs> one, that one piece of glass can buy like maybe 15 of my entire collection over and over and <laughs> over again. I was going to say,
0: yeah, you can keep on going with that multiplication there, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to talk anymore about that. We'll, um, you can work out yes. what that might be some, or, or speculate on, on what that's going to be. Um, and it's also where uh, we're, we're going to be marking – Our um, our one year anniversary uh, with episode fifty by giving away a fifty millimeter lens. and you'll hear more about that uh, on the show, but it won't—it won't be a lens that's been to the dark side of the moon. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. Um, oh,
3: spoiler alert!
1: Yeah, it will
0: be. It will, it will not be that lens. Um, I wish it was, but uh, <laughs> I might rig the vote. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So we're uh, really looking forward to having Matthew with us next week. Um, yes. In. Uh, I'm just trying to think if any other news. Oh, one thing I I, I need to do is uh, thank those people that have donated to us this week. Um, and I'll quickly go through those people. The first one uh, goes by the name of Anon. Um, so uh, we don't know who you are, but thank you all the same. And uh, and he put on there, uh, what a great podcast and uh, how much fun it is listening to you guys. Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Anon. Thank you. Um, and then uh, Cheyenne. He, uh, he, he bought us a coffee again um, and says, Merry Christmas from Australia, uh, where we get Santa first. Ha, ha, ha. It's um, <laughs>
3: <you can, laughs> 2019 over there right now. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's,
0: that's, that's right. They get New Year first yeah, as well. Yeah, They, they get all the good year. things first. Um, and uh, and he's uh, suggesting we can exchange the, uh, the, the, the coffees for eggnog. So uh, that sounds like a, a top idea to me. And um, finally, we had uh, Nigel Cliff who uh, uh said yet another cracking show keep up the great work and uh well thank you again again Nigel and also uh thanks to our, our regular contributors as well of uh James Thorpe and um Lawrence Dunn so uh thank you to to those as well um and if anybody does want to um uh donate to us and you can find us on coffee dot com that's k o dash and just do a search for classic lenses podcast and you'll you'll find our page there so uh, um, all donations are uh, gratefully received and uh, we're actually going to start giving back as well which is which is great news um, okay so uh, so that's that uh, other news um, two people that have been on our podcast twice uh, that's uh, Hamish Gill and M from Emulsif um they are gonna be starting a new podcast up uh, quite soon, so uh, that's gonna oh, be excellent. worth excellent. a worth a listen to although um I was dropped into their facebook group uh, earlier on today and uh, it, and emma 's suggesting that they started because our show's getting a bit tired now so uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, they're,
2: uh, they're... oh that's what you thought before today <laughs> yeah, exactly oh, no, yeah. exactly no.
0: that's it we' we we're, words, we're back C, and fighting uh, now. <laughs> Um, so uh, good luck, good luck with that one, guys. Um, actually, yeah. that, 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 I'm not sure if that Sunday came came across well there, but no, really, good luck with that one, Shots guys. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so um, Johnny, have, have you got uh, any any news or any shout outs you you want to give before we go?
2: Uh, just uh, the uh, Christopher Semisov May, um, as we mentioned. <laughs> That was, that was my shout out. Uh, And um, Carl, I hope you enjoyed the fleshlight I sent you for Christmas. And Um, since Carl's not here, so we can say whatever we want about Carl, except we can't make fun of his mom jeans because I have. You promised not to. I promise not to. So I'm not going to say anything ever again about Carl's mom jeans. Carl wears manly, manly jeans. Nice. yeah, So uh, I guess all I want to say is you can send um, an email to Carl and Simon for me to read at uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can post some images over on Instagram and hashtag them with uh, best vintage lens and maybe get featured there um, where they have a great feed full of vintage lens photos. Um, and you can find me on Instagram most days, and you can find me most days at Central Camera Company in Chicago.
0: And, uh, and say hello. Uh, talking of uh, best vintage lens, keep on uh, checking out what they write about our our show most when uh, when, they, when yeah. they show it was uh, yep. uh, Ricardo's doing some great great stuff there. Um, uh, before I go uh, to Brian, do you want to uh, um, say goodbye on the on behalf of Carl uh, Johnny?
2: <laughs> i can't even do my carl voice at the moment
0: <laughs> i can't even no that's, that's okay well uh carl you can you can you can follow carl uh most days on uh, yeah. in our facebook group photography with classic lenses he's also out there as carl underscore havens on uh on instagram as well um brian Thank you for being a, a, a great guest, and also for, for pulling up with, uh, yeah, with 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 Johnny at the end. There, you've, you've, you've
3: sorry, man. Oh, I'm, used, yeah. I'm used to semantics like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um, Been a blast. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah. So, so where where can people follow your work? I, know, I mean, you can tell us. I mean, I've already mentioned that you're on, on Flickr, but you might want to give out the address. We'll also put you the uh, in the. The, the podcast notes which go into the facebook group we also put them into mflenses.com for those people who don't like going into facebook although that's a point you can even if you're not on facebook you can still access the site it's an open site and you can and you can see the uh, the notes that are there and i don't know if you do it in in such a way on your browser you can probably do it without mark zuckerberg noticing as well so if that if you don't really like uh, facebook for that reason um, but uh, but yeah we will all There're going to be tons of links actually going in the notes this this, this week, and um, and they'll, I'll make sure that they we're only going to put the safe for work uh, links. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was to say, not not that one lens. We said at the end of the podcast, kind yeah. of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so so, Brian, um, do you want to tell people where they where they can they, they can find you and look at your work.
3: Yeah, so I'm on the I'm on the Facebook group as everyone else is, and you can find me on Flickr and Instagram as uh, Ota Temita, and I can spell that out as O T A T T E M I T A, so you can get that spelling. But yeah, I I spam regularly on Flickr, as uh, Simon will already know, and uh, sometimes I spam regularly in the
0: Facebook group. So. yeah yeah you do do, i was yeah that was what we were talking about this you do have a have a habit of dropping in 70 photos at a go
3: Um, (laughs) (laughs) and my latest my latest photo dump is a whole bunch of landscapes so i'll have new photos up (laughs) very shortly because i'm editing them right now
0: (laughs) yeah um i was uh, chatting with jeremy north uh um who actually got one of the emails that we haven't read out this week so uh, hopefully we'll we will come back to that uh that that, that jeremy but uh, we we're talking about flickr and uh the impending thousand uh image limit that's about to hit those people who don't pay for Flickr. Oh, there's um, a
3: rabbit hole right there. We oh, talked a good while about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, um, but Jeremy suggested I should just self-censor uh, a little bit better, um, which I think there's a there is a, there's a a good point in that, but um, there are also some good reasons why, you know, you can genuinely have over a thousand photographs that are worth being up there, um, and that's still... Oh, it's it's exercise yeah. me anyway we, we won't go there now yeah um, uh, i i think
3: like I'd, I'd, I'd say a note would be like an episode about like where to put like you know photo distribution like a whole episode on itself like just where to sure. post you know your stuff you know for classic lenses and you know being able to discover lenses and stuff like that that's a whole can of worms right there yeah no it's it's a, it's
0: we all gonna we are about to lose a database of Thousands of uh, photographs um, where you can search a lens or search a camera and things like that. Um, many of those are now going to disappear and they will not be available anymore, which is, you know, it's a, it's a real shame. Uh, no yeah, well, not goes.
3: all of them are going to disappear, it's the no. ones that don't pay, but there's still going to be a good chunk. Exactly. I wouldn't count them out just yet no. for no. where to go. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, have you um, got any, any shout-outs you want to say uh, say hello to or anything like that, uh, Brian?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my, my Facebook Messenger group, F-Art, or I'd say Fart Chat. We're a group of... But uh... it's we're a group of... Young guys, we, we do, we specialize in like the, the cosplay stuff, as I mentioned earlier. And most of us use classic lenses, or I kind of got them on board with Excellent. a whole bunch of classic lenses. So, good work, shout good out work. To, to all of those guys Andy, Jeff, you know, Matthew, all those guys.
0: Okay, and uh, I've got. Uh... Oh, one more thing. Um, the music for today's show and all, all the shows is uh, by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and the music we use is Octoblues. Um, I've got a website, which is simonforsterphotographic.co.uk where I'm selling stuff. Um, I've also got an eBay Uh, page or uh, ebay shop which i've recently finally started to put more and more lenses on there so there's quite a bit of stuff on there and there's more to come um so if you do a seller search for it's fozzy that's i-t-s-f-o-z-z-y um so i've got quite a few things going on there um I'm also on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic, I'm on Twitter as Simon Four, and uh, as we mentioned before, you can find us in the Facebook group Photography with Classic Lenses, Um, and so finally I just want to say uh, again, um, thank you for being with us for, for this first year, which has been pretty amazing uh we we didn't know how well this was this was going to turn out but it's and it's turned out pretty damn well um um, and there's only only good things that are going to going to continue to happen so um really appreciate you guys uh, uh subscribing and listening to us and uh and talking to us whether it be via emails or in the in the facebook group or mf lenses or wherever it is you you get in touch with us it's um it's been pretty inspirational and educational, so um, so thank you all for that. So, uh, so finally, um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, the last one of the year, and it'll be great if you can join us again next week or next year. Goodbye. Job done. That was great. All right, that was fun. Really, really enjoyed that, especially like the uh, yeah, when when Carl went, so, <laughs> it got really
2: good. <laughs> oh, it's always great when Carl he <laughs> walks out because then we just do whatever we want. And, you know. you can't. We love you, Carl. We didn't, <laughs> we, we didn't Carl.
0: mean that. We're laughing, you know. We're laughing with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>